0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. What an amazing day. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. But before we break open the bread of life, let's invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action. Help us to, in flesh, the Word of God to the world, to be invitations to that eternal banquet with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set our hearts ablaze in that love that we may be lights in the world, dispelling the darkness and leading people to you. We invite the Holy Spirit into this meeting to give us the gift of wisdom and counsel as we break open the bread of life. Help us to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then to be those instruments in the hand of our Lord, using our talents and our gifts to be welcome centers and signposts that point to that eternal heavenly reality That Jesus Christ paid the eternal price for, for each of us. In Jesus' most precious name we pray, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And Cameron, do
2: you mind giving us a little gospel love? It would be an honor. Again, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man, going on a journey, called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately, the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off, dug a hole in the ground, and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing an additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and I buried your talents in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him, in reply, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plan and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Then now take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. But, from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. A parable. I love parables because parables are real life stories that Jesus uses to teach a heavenly reality. And for me, as I read about these three different servants, what really I got is don't compare. Where somebody's given more gifts or talents from God, say 10, don't don't because you got five, don't say, oh, if I had that, I'd do this. No, you were given five. You need to work with those. And then if you're given one, it's okay. Work with that. It's not a competition in the body of Christ. It's a collaboration of the entire body to welcome everybody or invite everybody into the kingdom of heaven. So for me, it's that understanding that whatever God has entrusted me with, and I love that word, that's what he uses, entrusts me with. These gifts and talents, they're his. They're entrusted to me. Now, what am I going to do with them? And as I go out and I use these gifts and talents to, to help others, to do these works of love that are there for me to do, then we we, we build them up but we do it and we don't take credit for it, understanding that God is choosing to use us to perform these, to plant the seeds, to harvest the crops. It's all about him, his honor, his glory, his praise. When I realize it's God's possessions, not mine, I'm set free. I don't own anything. And they're God's talents he's entrusting me with. That's a sacred trust, a responsibility. That's a call to action. How do I every day, Lord, use me, use my eyes, use my ears, use my, my feet, use me to be a blessing to others. Use me as an instrument of salvation. Use me, Lord, for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor. Wow. To me, man, it's all about a heart posture. It's all about that's where I need to be every day. It's not about me, myself, and I.
2: Yeah. And you can't just say a prayer to the Lord and say, use me and then say, okay, I'm going to sit in my recliner in the corner of my house until you pick me up from it and you walk me to where you want me to be. He wants us to be out there and doing things. The first one where it says immediately, the one who received five talents, what did he do? Did he go back and sit down and and hang out and wait for direction. No, he went and he traded. Like he actually participated and he did something. And then what he got to say when the master came back, this is, this is the quote. He said, master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. Like we are an active participant in this. I, I think it's important to not just make this prayer to say, Lord use me, but then get into a conversation with somebody, fill a nudge in your heart and say, ah, that doesn't feel like the right time to 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 talk about what I feel like he's nudging me to talk about. He wants us to be an active participant. And and you talked about the the competition between one and three and five. The only time we feel like we're in competition, I guess I'll speak for myself in this, it's when we compare to other Oof. people. Yep. And that's not what we're supposed to do. That's just not biblical. He has, he has things designed for each person that only they can do the best way that it can be done. And, and to look at somebody else saying, wow, you're really living out your mission or you're really, you're really uh, stewarding well the talents that have been trusted to you. That shouldn't motivate you to say, I want to be like that person. It should motivate you to be the best person you can be absolutely and you know then we look at this one servant
1: and what did he say you know i knew you were a demanding person well that's a rumor that's his perception that and when he says i knew well actually you didn't know the master you didn't have that intimacy you didn't have that heart posture recognizing that it's the master that entrusted the gifts to you that you would have then use those gifts to, to help the help the world help people in need right. So this person out of fear, fear is absolutely debilitating. It is a, a tool and a weapon of the enemy that's meant to paralyze us. Man, when you experience fear, the only fear we're called to have is holy fear. Holy fear is that fear that our choice to sin separates us from that outpouring of God's love that he continually pours out on us, even in our broken humanity, but that I don't want to have my choices My choice to sin disrupt the receiving of the graces, the blessings, the mercy, the compassion of my Lord. That's the only fear. Any other fear of worldly things, that's not of God. That's of the enemy. It is Satan's biggest tool he uses. So what I learned is you can pray to the Holy Spirit for the gift of courage because that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. You can ask for it daily. And you know what? I do that because courage is critically important, because when we are courageous with our talents and gifts God's entrusted us with, it's amazing how God will up the ante of how he wants to use you, and and, you know, whose faith with little, more will be given, he does that, Mm -hmm. he does that, so man, don't, you've got to know God, you've got to come into that intimacy, that divine intimacy between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, man, every day of my life I say, Lord, I surrender my will to your will. You know, that's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, Father, if it's possible, take this chalice from me. But not my will, but your will be done. So as I pray that prayer every day, I also say, Lord, draw me into the divine will, that I may live in the divine will all the days of my life, because Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to do the will of the Father. So as Christ is living in us, with us, and through us, emulate his mission. We are co-missioned, joined with Christ in the mission to do what? The will of the Father. So for me, (laughs) I'm all in. And Jesus taught us how to pray, thy will be done, not my will be done, thy will be done. So ladies and gentlemen, Be those instruments. Let Christ live in you, with you, and through you, and cry out to Abba, Father. Invite him along in everything you do, from the bedroom to the boardroom. It doesn't matter. Invite the Father along. He, You are his precious son and daughter. And guess what? He delights in you because he delights in the divine spark of Christ that lives in you, with you, and through you. Stay connected.
2: It's so good. I'm going to go back to what you said. Did he actually know the man? Did, did the servant, the, we're talking about the third servant here, the one that was identified as wicked and lazy. He said, I knew these things about you. I think as you get to know a person, you, you have a better understanding of how they tick or why they do what they do. But it's important that we don't paint a picture in our heads or in our minds of, well, You know what? I know this about the master. He's he's demanding, he harvests where he didn't plan, he gathers where he didn't scatter. And so, based on that, I'm going to make decisions out of fear. If you're if you're making decisions out of fear based on a story that you have made up in your mind, I'm just letting you know that is not from the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Lord does not operate that way, He does not control people with fear. Do this you know, do, do a good thing because I'm very demanding. That's that's not him. His heart is love. He is love. So, and, and then after this, I just want to point out when it says, the master says, so you knew that I was, that I harvest where I didn't plant and I gather where I didn't scatter. That sentence ends with a question mark. He was He was addressing that lie head on by saying, so you knew these things? Well, even if that were the case, wasn't there a better way of doing this? Couldn't you have taken the money to the bank and at least got some interest on the return? I think it's beautiful the way that he responded to that. It wasn't, it, it wasn't like, um, I'll stop there. The way that he responded to it, uh, it, it was precious, but at the end of it, He says, you're a wicked and lazy servant based on how he, how he responded to the master. So the the first two, this is, this is the quote from them. Master, you gave me five talents and the second one, three talents. I've made you five more. That was their statement back. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful with small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come and share in your master's joy that is what we get to hear from our heavenly father when we do well with the things he has given us, as opposed to burying them, having a story made up in our minds out of fear. I don't want to do these things to that servant. They get the response, you wicked and lazy service servant. You know,
1: and really it's, it's a story about humility. The first two So the pathway to heaven, to that eternal exchange of love between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is paved with the stepping stones of humility. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. And and I think it's important for everybody because pride can blind us. Pride can cause us to have fear. Pride is absolutely another tactic of the enemy. And I like to say the unholy trinity is me, myself, and I. It's me, myself, and I. That's good. The holy trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So That these stepping stones of humility for me are are crucial. As God chooses to use us each day with these talents he's entrusted us with. So we are his servants. You will, everybody that's listening, you will serve someone. You will either serve God or you will serve the enemy. Because there is no choice other than that. So for me, I want to serve God all the days of my life. And it says it here his servants and his possessions. In serving God, it's my honor to serve God. It's my joy to serve God. You know, it's for me, it's an all in. Lord, what would you like me to do today? And then it's acting on the promptings and the opportunities. Last night I was in a business meeting talking to a business owner and I challenged the business owner. I said, tell me the purpose of your company and as we talked, he said, oh, well, this, this, I said, let's talk about that. And it's like, not just about a paycheck, not just about profits, though they are important. They're part of your core values. I said, but core values tell you the heart of a company. Are you driven by profits alone or are you driven by a purpose ahead of profits? So this guy just ate it all up. And then I went into pornography. I said, you know, when I was eight years old, pornography fell out of my father's closet. I said, and it started me on addiction. And through the grace of God, Jesus set me free at age 46 and I went on to share about my recovery and this and that. And the young man that was with him at the end said, you know what? I want to thank you for sharing that with me. I really needed to hear that. That really helped me.
2: Profound. So what did I do?
1: I used a real life story, a parable of my own life, of, of, of pornography and what it did to me, shared it openly, transparently, and helped that young man and helped his boss, the owner of the company. The owner of the company, I planted more seeds, seeds of giving, making it about a purpose, about reaching out to people in need in the world. This guy was eating it up. He said, what
2: was the statement he said to me at the end? I needed to hear this. I needed to hear this. He was drinking like he was a thirsty man. Out of a fire fire uh, hose. It it was precious and it was not orchestrated. We didn't know exactly who we were going to sit next to or talk to at the dinner. And the conversation just kept going and kept going and kept going. And and part of the preciousness to it, you could just tell you were being obedient with what you were sharing. It was it, there wasn't an agenda there. There wasn't, a, hey, get your notebook out. It was just sharing and sharing. And he, as the conversation was going, it it was just a posture of, tell me more, tell me more. Yep. This is this is like speaking to me right now. Yep. It, it was living water. It was living water. Absolutely. And how many people do we run into on a day-to-day basis where we don't have the eyes to see or ears to hear, but they're thirsty and they their mouth is dry. I'm, I, I'm speaking about their soul, that they are looking for the living water and the Lord keeps putting people in their path and for whatever reason... I, I think we're all guilty of it at times. We're not obedient to those promptings to share what we're to share, and I think it's. It goes back to. The statement: since you were faithful in small matters, it. it I don't know. Uh, our conversation with somebody, where you're just talking about things, might seem like a small matter. But there were seeds that were planted. We might not ever see the fruit that comes of those, but those seeds needed to be pr- planted because that ground was ready for those seeds. It, like, My prayer for him now is that those seeds fall on good soil and one day they will bear a lot of fruit. Yeah. But th- that piece of it is not our job. The fruit mm-hmm. is not our responsibility. Our responsibility, looking at this verse it's a small matter. I just need you. I need you to share your story. I need you to share how, how you put your core values together. Just share that with this person. Does it feel like the right time to do it? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But if we're obedient to that, we don't have to worry about the final outcome or the final fruit that comes out of that. We focus on what could be identified as a small matter. Sometimes a small matter, I'm thinking about it more just in life. There's, there's times there's people in our lives. It might seem like something small, but, uh, just giving them an encouraging word. I I don't, to me, oftentimes that's, that is the voice of the Holy spirit where he just says, uh, it, again, it seems simple. Uh, that person needs encouragement. And, and here's a couple of things they did recently pick one of them and, you know, tell them, thank you, you did a great job. It feels like maybe an inconvenience to seek out that person and find them. But I'm telling you, those are the moments that are just absolutely precious. And a lot of the relationships I have in life come from those small moments of, hey, this was on my heart and wanted to share with you. I because we could think, too, there's other people who are in our lives because of that. Maybe they encouraged us at a time where we needed to be encouraged, or they they reached out, or they stayed in touch. Um, yeah, so the things that might seem like a small matter, um, done with consistency, that's how a relationship is built. You know, whether it's your marriage, whether it's with your kids, whether it's co-workers, family, friends, loved ones. It's really the small things done consistently over time grows into those great relationships.
1: You know, it's amazing. So one of the prayers I have in the morning, I typically take takes me probably 45 minutes to get through my morning prayer, is for the spiritual eyes to see, the spiritual ears to hear, and a heart to respond with love. And I'm telling you, God wants to use us every day. He wants to use us to give heavenly kisses. He wants to use us to receive heavenly kisses. So this week I had to fly out to Mundelein, out to the seminary. I'm on a board of directors with priests and bishops um, for a school we have out there to, to teach and educate priests. And so um flew out there and was going past uh, one of my board members, fellow board members a priest that I've known for six years in the hallway, just past him. We said hi to each other. That was it. When I saw him later on in the day, he said, David, he said, when I passed you in the hall, I didn't see the normal aura that I normally see around you. What I saw around you was endurance, perseverance. You must be in a tremendous spiritual battle. Well, I am, and I have been for 18 (laughs) months, and I broke it open with him. He said, I had no idea. Here's what I'm going to do. He didn't just say, oh, I'll pray for you. Oh, no. Next thing I know, there's a text coming across with his novena he's doing. There's the next thing I know, he's enlisting these other priests that are exorcists to, to pray for me, to help me in this battle. He was enlisting an army of prayer warriors to help me through this battle. It was amazing. That's that's the, this parable. This gift was given to the priest to see that right. spiritually. right? And then not just to see and say, oh, that's nice. Oh, that was a change. Bingo. To act on it. Do something. And it gave me... Hope, it let me know, yep, God, you're here with me. You're in this battle with me. I'm not alone. It was absolutely priceless and precious. Ladies and gentlemen, God has given you gifts. He never takes them back. Ask God what the gifts are. Invite the Holy Spirit in your heart every morning. And then ask the Holy Spirit to speak what you're to speak, to hear what you're to hear, and respond with love. And love can be tough love. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, man, we have this opportunity because at the end of my journey here on earth, I absolutely want to hear the words. Well done, my good and faithful servants. I don't want to miss an opportunity or a moment.
2: Wow, it's so good. And just thinking back to the, the the priest getting that spiritual revelation or insight, how you know, however you want to describe it, he had an opportunity to hang on to it mm-hmm. and just. You know, you could call it spiritual discernment. You could put it on the shelf of good things. Hey, you know, I'm going to keep this to myself. But really, oftentimes, gifts are given so that they can be given. And if we're given a gift of, it could be monetarily, or it could just be an insight that he wants you to know about somebody else's situation because he wants you to do something with them. It could just be encouragement. It could just be prayer. But, you don't know on the receiving end what that means to that person if it if it is a time where they i'll put it this way i think we're all all the time looking for those heavenly kisses of you know okay that's a friendly reminder god sees me right now I, i'm i'm walking this out i'm walking that out there's there's different things there's a hundred plates spinning right now Lord, do you even see what I'm doing here? I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to, you know, do things according to your will. There's just so many things going on. And then you have a heavenly kiss like that. And it's just a reminder, we get to be participants in that. We get those opportunities. We can't take those talents and bury them in the ground. We got to get out there. It says he went and he traded with them. We got to get out there into the marketplace, so to speak, and actually do something with it. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm reminded, I'm trying to have a, think of a specific example where somebody did something like that to me, but this just happened, um, last week, the Lord was showing me this, uh, this guy, he he said, he was highlighting somebody to me and he said, you need to let that guy know that peace is one of the weapons that he knows how to, uh, use, and I was like, "Oh man, what a what a weird phrase. Uh, yield is was that y- like like you would yield a, a sword? Uh, is it yield or wield? Wield. Wield. Um, so I was like, "Oh Lord, that's kind of awkward. I don't I don't know. I don't really even know this guy. You're just highlighting him to me. So anyway, I end up we get to the parking lot. He happened to be parked right next to me, and he comes over to my window to talk. And I was like, "All right." you really want this guy to hear this. And as I started to sharing sharing it, it I mean, it just broke the situation open and it was like, "Whoa, the Lord this guy needed to hear that God saw him." And I got to be an instrument in that. Man, it was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." Do you wake up every morning realizing that God wants
1: to use you as an instrument in the salvation of souls? Co-Mission, join with the mission of Christ in saving souls. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a great adventure. Say your yes and put it into action. God bless you.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection group in your area and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 0100 Stewardship, A Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.